Hey, 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 I'm Michelle. And I'm Greta. We are girlfriends who have always been seekers. We love learning, sharing, and most of all, we love having those soul-to-soul moments with our girlfriends. Our podcast is about spiritual connection and sisterhood. You are not alone. So grab your glass, get comfy, and join us as we make some noise, light up the room, and get get into it. it. Hello, beautiful people. Thank you for tuning in and thank you for being part of our journey. I just have to start off by let's just get real. I'm a fucking hot mess today, but but we had this on the books to record today. So here I am. Anything can, up. Anything can up. happen. <laughs> That's right, sister. Just show up as you are. Yes. My period showed up this week and I I don't know. Normally I'm really aware that it's coming and it was kind of just like, hello, I'm here to ruin your life. I mean, some day, some months they're fine and I like just go on, you know, with my life like it's not even happening. And then, you know, this is one of the ones where I just have like no energy. Just doing my hair is like, I don't want to do my hair. I don't want to put my makeup on. I don't want to do anything. I just want to hibernate. And I was, it made me think about, um, I don't know where I picked up this information, random information somewhere, but I remember hearing about Native American tribes viewing this time for women as a sacred time where they would nurture the woman. And I mean, it's, I think in some tribes, it's when they're just, you know, young girls are just getting their period for the first time. Um, but I don't know. I haven't researched. Um, could be that all women during this time, and I think that might be the case in certain tribes, are um, getting cared for and nurtured by the other women in the tribe. And I thought, what a beautiful, that's what I need right now. I need to be nurtured. I need to be brought strawberries <laughs> and right. on a platter. So it's so cool. This one tribe in particular, the Ojibwe tribe, um, they historically conducted a ritual for their girls. And this is where I came up with, you know, the they were being pampered and taken care of. And they saw it for as this time of like great spiritual power uh, where these girls would receive messages and um, visions. And these stories were told by the elders within the community. And uh, one story in particular is of this girl born in 1830, had a vision of a great bear. And it goes on to say that the bear was walking towards the girl. And as it did, it got smaller in size. And when it was right beside her, suddenly she became the bear. And she felt wonderful, powerful, and strong. She became known as Bear Woman. And it is said that she had a long life and overcame many challenges with a strong heart and the courage of a bear. And I just, I love this because we are powerful spiritual beings. And this is a sacred time. And we're not meant to just, you know, stick a cork in it, (laughs) aka tampon, go on with your day, you know, pop pills, pretend like you're fine. I'm not fine. I feel like very unhinged right now. So it is a, it is a sacred, emotional, raw time and not to just like pretend like it's not happening and go about your day. Totally. And, you know, it's not being a bear in PMS. It's like, you know, yeah. changing that perspective too. To be right. Like, no, it's that power of who we are as women and how we were designed and how natural this process is. Ooh, you just made me think of something. What? When you said the PMS thing. 
Yeah. Like, guys have such a fun time that's been as long as I can remember. Oh, she's PMSing. Well, maybe it's because we need to be brought freaking strawberries on a platter. That's right. And nurtured and not be having to just pretend like this is not happening to us. Right. And, you know, people being grossed out and pushing yeah. you away or, you know, I mean, how many girls have accidents at school? Oh, you know, I did. What that feels like, it's yeah. humiliating. Mm-hmm. And why do we do that? This is something that is natural. And guess what? For all these men who do want to like, you know, bash the PMS and all of that, you wouldn't be able to like you spread your, you know, you wouldn't like, be here. <laughs> you be here. A, you wouldn't be here, and B, you would have no offspring if it yeah. weren't for this process. So, like, it, we're creating life over here. Yeah, give us so a break. Why are we not tending to that mm-hmm. in a more tender mm. you know, way? Like, what is that all about? And believe it or not, this episode is not about periods. Oh! <laughs> I know, but gosh, there, can't we keep going? We can go I know. on and on and on about <laughs> all, all about the p word. Yes. <laughs> um, well, and to change the subject real quick, I have to just talk about how much fun we had a couple days ago. We shot our cover, um, and hopefully, when this is up, you're seeing it now. Um, we had so much fun. Our very good friend Angela Spiller came over, and oh. We drank whiskey and we got all disco glammed and <laughs> curlers in the hair. Oh my gosh. I put sponge rollers in my hair and I had no idea how it was going to turn out. But if you watch the one of our videos, what did you post that on or, or going to post on TikTok? Oh yeah. Or you'll see the unraveling, yes, right? Yes, there's a reveal. <laughs> there's a reveal. And it was so fun. I mean, we're, we're babies of the 70s. Yeah. Um, so why not, right? T- why not? Celebrate our generation are you know it's late 70s but still we were we we're born in the 70s baby we can claim it <laughs> oh we had a blast so fun today though what we really wanted to focus on was some talk about college and part of that is because that's the season of life that you and I are actually both in right now and you have a child who recently went off to college I have a child who's gearing up you know, for application processes and things like that. And so, so much conversation that we've had has been about not just the, um, the, you know, step by step process of actually getting them enrolled in college, but also all the feelings and emotions and what so many feels let go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's, that's sort of our focus for today. When I really thought about the message though, that I want, I wanted to get across to those listening is one thing I love Greta about, you know, our conversations are they can be so raw and non-judgy. That's part of the richness um, of why we can talk about things so openly, but I think whatever path you choose and whatever path your child chooses is the best path for them. And I don't think either one of us are here to, um, you know, push one way. What I love is that we explore alternative ways and know that, you know, there are so many options out there. And that's what I'm learning is, whoa, I mean, you know, you can go straight off to a four year, you can take a you know, an alternative route in terms of like doing JC and actually live on the campus. There's so, so many options. And 
the point isn't to explore them all, but we're here to just share some mm-hmm. of our experience. Every family is different and every family's financial situation is different and every child is different. And so luckily there are so many options out there. It's not a one-stop shop. Yeah. So I'm gearing up <clears throat> and it's funny because I remember talking to you <laughs> last year and maybe even prior and some of the emotions that were surfacing at that time um, you know, I, as a mother, I could understand what you were saying, but I wasn't feeling it yet. Mm. And guess what? <laughs> it's happening. I mean, happening. I'm doing some things now, like cleaning my son's room, which I always felt like that was his responsibility, but it's almost like this little thing I have about wanting to, I guess, nurture him potentially for the last time. I mean, yeah. I have no idea right now. We don't know if he's going to be going away or staying at home. And even when they go away, you don't know if they'll come back, mm-hmm. if they're, <clears throat> they're going to meet somebody, get a good job. Like, I have no idea what his path looks like. So there's these little things that are happening internally, and I'm just rolling with it. So maybe if you want to share some I mean, you of become you've experienced. Yeah, you become highly aware that the clock is ticking. I mean, if you hadn't been already, it becomes like even more so that that it's time is running out of your little your little time sacred little special time with your family that family unit um there's an expiration date on it is how it felt for me it was like wow we're coming that's coming to a close um i love that you said that because that's exactly what i'm feeling it's like the clock is ticking i'm mm-hmm. watching the numbers move and I've always been the kind of person that I loved my kids growing up like every new phase was like yes they're getting more independent Mm -hmm. they're getting more of this and that and I think you know when I think about sending them off to school when they were babies you know like little preschoolers and they'd hold onto your leg and you know I'd have to pry them off and now I'm seeing this level of excitement to kind of flee the coop if you will yeah fly the coop I think that's the right term yeah um And I'm like, wait, but wait. I mean, I was so excited for them to get there. But now I'm like, but hold on. The nest, the nest isn't fully, fully finished yet. It's like what happened all of a sudden. It it just kind of, it's weird. It sneaks up on you, but it doesn't. I was probably depressed. I didn't realize it until I look back. That's always the way my depression works. I go, oh, I was mildly depressed. Interesting. Wish I would have known that then. I could have helped myself. But it's always, for me, it's always looking back uh, that I see it. But um, for three years, I was like dreading and feeling that this was just fast approaching. And I wasn't um, like, in, I was in this battle with time, basically, which you're not going to win. No, <laughs> no time going. wins every time. <laughs> <Just keeps going. laughs> but um, then it got toward, you know, the end, <laughs> the end, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> the, end of a, the end of a chapter. Yeah, I think that's what it is, is just this realization that, yeah, life is not going to look the same. Your family dynamic is going to be different. I mean, now I'm home with our son, who's 16, and she's our daughter is away. And it's, um, you know, I, I knew it was coming and I was, was dreading it. But yes, there was this beautiful transition of watching her get excited. She went from, I never want to leave you, mommy, you know, a few years ago to then like she was ready. And you know what I was going to tell you is when you're seeing that excitement from your son, it means you did your job. Um, it means like we are supposed to 
let them go, raise them up to let them go. And um, it's hard and it's just, it goes too fast. And I just, yeah, I wanted more time. And I think you have all these little regrets of, oh, I wish we would have done this more and that more and more little coffee dates and va- family vacations. And and yes, we are still a family and she is going to come home. I can't wait. Um, just in a couple weeks, she's going to drive up. And so that's going to be wonderful. Um, but I think there's this awareness that I know that you know, eventually she will meet someone and family vacations are going to even look different and just it's all different and change and it's scary. And so one one thing that a term that came to me, which I often use in grief, which, you know, we'll talk about grief on another um, cast. Well, I think grief fits in here. And I call I actually I speak about grief when it comes to your child. Okay, so then, going it, to college. So then it is yes. appropriate. Um, but I always think about this concept of this new normal. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens is we start to develop this new normal. And there's the time of trying to get used to that transition and what it looks like in our home mm-hmm. where, you know, it's a little quieter. You can feel like that energetic shift of this this being, this energy is not there anymore that used to occupy a space in the house. And all those things start to happen as we develop that new normal. And this excitement now that comes in when they do come home or you have the FaceTime call, you know, you hear the little stories and the new experiences yeah. that they're going through. So yeah, when as you were talking, that's one of the things that came up strongly for me. It's like, oh, wait, you have to create this new normal. Mm -hmm. And when I was talking about the last three years of being mildly depressed, I only recently, as I was planning her graduation party and couldn't even bring myself to go look through baby pictures to have at the graduation party, like that was just too emotionally stressful for me. And I realized that about myself. So I didn't do it. Um, I, at the last hour, found some that were just around the house and put them in frames and set them up. But to go through all her baby pictures was too emotionally draining for me at that time. So what I realized is I was grieving the loss of her childhood. Yes. Makes and so much sense. I d- it like just dawned on me. Oh, this is grief. So I love that you said that and connected the two. So yes, this college experience, um, there's the grieving process. There's the excitement. There's a little bit of sadness. Like there's so many feels wrapped up into all of it. And I know um, right now as we're exploring, you know, what this application process looks like for us, um, I will say that you know, it feels a little bit overwhelming for me right now just because I feel like there's some things that I was not on top of that probably should have started back in, you know, um, the first year, ninth grade. What is that? Freshman, freshman year. <laughs> so freshman year, you know, you're you're starting to get bombarded with information. And I sort of, you know, let my son handle all that. Like when he was even registering for classes in high school, I would check in, of course, and I went with him to some of the first meetings, but I sort of took a hands-off approach where, and he told me like, hey, I'm following the list. I've checked in with the counselor. He just happened to be that kind of kid. So I just stepped away from it. And I almost feel like I started doing that again with 
college, but I'm noticing that he needs a little extra um, assistance at this time. So I think that's wonderful, though, in a lot of ways that you actually allowed your child to exercise his independence. I mean, how many of us don't do that? How many of us are overbearing, handholding, you know, helicopter moms out there that don't let your child, you know, draw upon their strengths, which he is independent. You've raised him to be like that. So it's a wonderful thing that you did, I think. Yeah. Like now that I see him washing his own clothes and preparing Mm -hmm. his own meals and getting to work and doing all the things, I'm like, oh, okay, you might just be fine. Oh, he's going to be more than fine. (laughs) I think they surprise you. I think so too. And so, um, so yeah, so I think also like releasing some of that guilt of, you know, what could I have done more of or, or paid more attention to? No. It's funny because sometimes I think like you had said about, you might, you know, have gone through a period of being depressed and don't realize it until you're out of it. And I think what's happening for me is I'm having some of these, yeah, reflections of coulda, shoulda, woulda done. Which I I will release that quickly. It's it's gonna yeah, go. Let I, it go. I'm gonna let that go. Yeah. Like I'm just gonna give it. This up. is his journey. This was the way it was supposed to go. Totally. You know, I am a firm believer of that. Like I mm-hmm. think that failures are part of our you know mistakes, failures, lack of information. You know, we always have another chance to turn that around and and learn and gain and seek out different things. Yeah. So I know it's going to be fine. But here we are at this point in life where we're putting together an application. He chose not to take the SATs, um, which I've also learned recently that um, you don't have to. I think there might be some UC schools that require it and some of them are optional. So again, learning about um, how every school Mm -hmm. operates a little different and a lot of things change through COVID. So it used to be, you know, you had to have a letter of recommendation. You had to have your SATs. You had to have, um, you know, just different things. There's like a checklist of things and that's shifted a bit now. So, oh, an essay. That was the other thing. So anyway, here we are. We're about to fill out an application. We're looking into scholarships and grants. And by the way, what I would love to share with everyone is I'm learning that there are so many options out there. The schools now want to see a child in a more holistic light. Mm -hmm. And I know that sounds a little cliche, like we're all going holistic, right? Mm -hmm. In different ways, but that's really what's happening. That's the evolution of- They want a well-rounded human out there. They do. uh, In the world. And they, I think it- it's great. They're now um, colleges are recognizing the benefit of a well-rounded whole child that is open to a lot of different experiences and not just academics. And so, again, my message to those listening who might be going through this for the first time, it is just amazing how, you know, sometimes things can look like we haven't crossed all the T's or dotted all the I's and maybe we've missed out on opportunities mm-hmm. Um, But we really haven't because there are so many different ways to do things. And I think you just have to figure out. And like you said, Greta, like every kid's different. Every household's different. So figure out what works for you. And if you're not sure, there are tons of resources out there. So I have a friend who um, is actually guiding me through the process. And she hasn't even gone through it with her kids yet. But she's got a master's in education. And she used to work for nonprofits and is very well versed around just education and grants and scholarships. And it's 
a little bit of guidance and it's keeping us on track and it's making us feel confident in the process. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what's important. Yeah. Reach out to your girlfriends that have done it before. Um, That's I definitely relied on girlfriends that had been on the path before me. I think it really helps because it does feel like you're just kind of in the dark at first when you when you're getting started and you just don't want to you don't want to fuck up. Like you feel like this is your kid's life and it's in your hands and you really have to make sure you know everything and help them and do everything. And um, I mean, it became a solid focus of mine for um, a greater part of her senior year. Um, and we sort of, we lost uh, junior year cause COVID. So it was like her two, you know, middle part sophomore year and junior year was pretty much sucked up with COVID, but I love the changes that came out of it. Um, you know, it's great for the kids that have test taking anxiety and that doesn't necessarily prove their level of intelligence that they took the SAT out of the equation. I mean, it definitely still can help you if you're trying to get into, um, a school that is very popular and there's high demand, um, that can like be the thing that puts you over the edge if you got a good SAT score. Um, but ultimately we decided not to go that route and, um, I love where I think my ultimately she ended up in exactly where she was supposed to. She's having an amazing experience so far. Um, it's as hard as it was knowing that this change was coming and I was not embracing, not embracing this change at all earlier on. I mean, and it's amazing how much she changed from freshman year to senior, even from junior year to senior year. And Definitely COVID probably delayed things a little bit because, you know, we're all at home and not having our normal routine. But um, I think for my daughter, it actually heightened her high school experience because when she went back in her senior year, and it was like her first normal year in two years, she fully embraced all that high school had to offer. And I don't think that she was really doing that before COVID. So I think she got an amazing senior year. I feel so heartbroken for all the kids that lost their senior year and maybe even their first year of college through COVID. Everybody kind of came out of that with all sorts of different struggles and experiences. And But like I said, I think we all were given you know, the journey that we're handed. That's what we're supposed to experience. So Um, But yeah, for her, senior year was great. I watched her completely transform and be so ready. And this is an interesting story. Um, During the spring of her senior year, so last spring, um, this bird decided to make a nest right outside of our front door. And we're talking like eye level. I have this fountain that wasn't hooked up and just had spider webs in it. So then I decided to make it into a planter. And this has been like this for probably three or four years. A bird has never made a nest in it, but this year it did this last spring. And we were, well, at first we noticed this bird just like yelling at us every time we walk out our front door and we're like, what the hell's going on? And then we see this nest um, and just watch this bird's journey as she laid eggs and um, they hatched and, I just was so immersed in it. And with the timing of everything, it was, it felt, I shared it with some other girlfriends and they had said like similar things had happened to them during this process of literally watching your child fly the nest. 
And um, it was just kind of surreal. And it felt very on purpose and like something that this bird allowed me to be a part of her journey before I did it. So I watched her do it. I watched the, she her work. She worked so hard to get these babies ready, um, feeding them morning, noon, and night. They were constantly squawking at her. It was like never enough. And then one by one, they flew off. And it was one of the babies, the last one to leave. Um, it would like try to go one morning and then nope, it was back in the nest. And then one morning I came out and it was gone. And it was just kind of an incredible witness to nature as I was going through this. And so just symbolic, right? And so symbolic, like very literal. (laughs) Yes. I mean, we want you to watch what you are going through right now, you know, in like through nature, like you said, Mm -hmm. through these birds. Well, and not to get too off topic, but I've noticed, uh, and maybe pay attention in your own life, I've noticed nature is talking to me, especially lately. And the more you connect, you, the more you are able to allow yourself to connect to it, the more messages you start to receive. And I think that's what's going on with me right now. And I freaking love it. It's Can I also awesome. say, though, I want to acknowledge that I also feel that when you become very present in life with what is happening in your world, that is, I think, when you become a little more aware of mm-hmm. these things. So right. the fact that you've also done, um, you've done some work recently, too, and based on some things that have happened in your life, you know, it's times when we start to retreat a little bit and mm-hmm. really... Um, allow ourselves to have those messages come in, right? Because I think when we get caught up in the busyness and the craziness of the world, you know, we miss out on all of these things. Um, And, you know, yeah, there's been like some full moon stuff happening and, you know, harvest time right Mm -hmm. now. Like there are so many amazing things about just how our you know, earth and the planets and everything Mm -hmm. else work and align. And we've been, I think, playing around a little bit in like digging into those messages, Mm -hmm. right? And not ignoring them and going, hey, what what is the universe trying to tell me right now? So I love that. And, And Greta and I spent a lot of time you know, when we find little messages, whether it's through a TikTok, whether it's something we saw outside, you know, we'll shoot each other a little text. And, um, you know, it, I think acknowledging that these things are happening and not ignoring them because it really does give us that time to go deeper. Mm-hmm. And the fall is such a great time for that too, right? To just yes. really get deeper and rooted. And so, yeah. Yes. Get grounded and kind of go into that hibernation of winter. Yeah. That I keep hearing about that. So if you haven't paid attention, start paying attention. That's one of the things about our podcast too, that it was so important. We were thinking about what are we going to talk about? Because we just want to talk about everything. But one of our main messages is just feeling like you have that you know, connection and that togetherness with other women. You might be sitting at home and, and you're having all of these feelings and um, basically mourning the grieving, the loss of your child going to college. Um, and you don't know what to do with these feelings. And I remember feeling very like alone in them and thinking, well, my husband would be like, oh my God, like, why are you making every vacation and every holiday and everything just like this is the last time this is the last time and it's because I was in like this grieving process and I didn't understand it and I didn't at that time have the words for it 
And so maybe you're listening to this and you're having these feelings of like loss and regret and, um, you know, that just, I'm not ready, damn it. I'm not ready. That's how I felt a lot of the time. It's just like, I'm not ready to let her go. Like, it's not time. I want more time. And then this battle with time, like I said. Um, and so you're not alone and your sadness is real and valid because you're going through something. It's a big deal. We, God gives us these babies and tells us, you know, everything in our bodies is like, we have to keep this baby alive. We have this outpouring of love like we've never felt before. And we just are so become so immersed in a good, healthy way, right? It, that's part of nature. It's part of how we can raise them up to go out into the world eventually. But then there comes this time it's like, nope, they're out. They're gone. They're going to college. <laughs> your time your time is done. And you've done everything you can. And it's over is how it feels like very final. But my friends who have kids that are older say they do come back. They come back more <laughs> often than not. Um, and it's not it's not over. It's not final. It just is going to look a little different. I even remember, you know, when my son first started driving and I remember I was so excited for him to get his license and it was like, yes, you know, you're you're moving into this other phase of independence. And then there was the selfish part, like I can have you pick up your sisters, I can have you go to the Melt. store, <laughs> yeah, like whatever I need, you know, um, that felt so good. But then you know, those first few times he was out just a little bit longer. It was oh, like, the panic. Oh my gosh. Where okay. is he? You know, what is he doing? And is he going to get home safely? And are the other drivers, you know, aware that he's on the road and all those things that would come up? I almost equate this to that, you know, yeah. like what's happening in this college experience. We are letting them go. We talked about safety issues. We've talked, you know, like when you think about driving, right? Okay. We're, we're driving around and you're pointing out all the things that can happen and and then they step in and you're they're in the driver's seat you're in that passenger you give seat give up control and you're giving up a little bit of that control even though that like safety foot you know keeps yeah. trying to hit the brake or that arm wants to yeah. like hold them back when you know we have to have do a hard stop all those things are happening and it it to me it's feeling like this experience is what's happening again <laughs> yes but even on a like a more uh, larger level, because yes. you really will have absolutely no fucking control at all. Like they're just in the wind, like yes. making decisions and hopefully good ones. But you don't know. And sometimes they're going to be shitty ones, probably. And it's part of like their growing up experience. And they're they're supposed to have that. Um, and it made me think about how, you know, the toddler years were so hard, right? You just just it was nonstop. And they were constantly like doing things that could hurt themselves. And some more than others, my son was so accident danger. Oh, I just wanted to like wrap him up. Um, <laughs> but I would always hear people say that the teenage years are hard, but in a different way. And I think that that's what they mean. It's like when they're toddlers, you have total control. And that can feel exhausting because you're constantly like it's up to you to keep them alive and keep them safe. And um, then when they become teenagers, it's 
like you're you have to give up that sort of same control that you're hardwired with to keep them alive you have to let go and it's like what the fuck i have to let this go like this is i just had this like visual of like remember before the kid could actually talk and they'd have this like major tantrum and you're oh yeah and they're freaking out and they're throwing themselves around and like you have a certain amount of control but not total control because you're just (laughs) like what the fuck are you doing right now like that almost feels how it feels when they're yeah they start to go away right is like i have some control but yet like this whole freak out thing you're doing i can't make them stop you actually make make it right i don't know it's like a way i just stop growing this whole visual of like (laughs) you still do have a little bit in terms of you're paying for stuff i can i can take that you know i can say hey guess what you're not getting a check next week right your ass home that's like the one thing i have right now with her in college that's what Um, all the parents keep telling me is like that is the the only piece really of yeah. control we have is that like financial piece, right? Yeah. I thought I could just stalk her on Life 360 and that would be awesome, but my husband tells me no. I need to not do that. He's I'm I am grateful for him. We have balance in our relationship because of this. You know, I think women just experience this all a little differently than husbands. So, I am grateful he's like you need to, you know, stop stalking our daughter. She is an adult and, you know, she's just going to start shutting her phone off. She's going to be over your shit. <laughs> well, and I will say, like, I was talking to another friend of mine who's gone through this with her son and he chose to stay home and do the junior college route. And she did say that was a whole struggle around, like, having this, like, man child, right. like, this adult that's in your home. And yeah, they're not coming home at night or, you know, they're gone all day and and you're like, wait, there's this weird like boundary issue oh, yeah. and this like where, wh- what control do you have? I mean, they're in your home, but you're, they are an adult. I mean, there's so many factors. I experienced that exact thing um, the summer before we took her to college and it was weird. So she had turned 18 and she was like I said, her senior year and that summer was just everything it was supposed to be. It was great. And I I was so happy she was embracing it. But (laughs) there was times where I'm like, she's not home yet. Where is she? Go, go to my stalker app, you know, but, um, Yeah, it was difficult because you were like, well, where's the boundary? Like in a minute, she's going to be in college and I'm not going to be like, you need to be home at this time. And so there was this letting go before I fully let go thing. And it is a strange in limbo phase as a parent when your child is an adult, but lives at home. And that was just, you know, a couple months that was over summer. And I would think that would be very challenging to have them under your roof and yet still try to give them their adult freedom, but have your rules and your, you know, respect intact. Yes. And again, like every kid's so different, right? So there may be some that just on their own are Mm -hmm. home early, you know, Mm -hmm. doing all the things they need to be doing. And you're kind of in this hands-off approach because that's just the child you have. And then there's the ones that are, you see them kind of coming out of the cocoon, you know, and wanting to explore more. Mm -hmm. And you don't want them just to sit at home and not have life experiences. You want them to go out and have adventures. And and that's how we grow. But you just pray that they do it in a careful (laughs) way. And it brings me to this um, quote that I heard from Jordan Peterson that says, 
you have to allow children to do dangerous things carefully. And as long as they are, you need to let them do it. And it's like, that goes all the way back to when they're toddlers, you know, if they're like crossing a creek or something and they're stepping carefully on the stones, everything in you wants to like scoop them up and just carry them across the creek. But you have to allow them or climbing the jungle gym. I remember my daughter doing that and realizing that she was being very careful. And definitely I was behind her spotting her and watching her every move. But I let her do it all by herself. And she was good at telling me, I want to do it all by myself, mommy, you know, back off. But I think just as we had to do that when they were little, we have to do that when they go away and they're becoming adults. And it is so fucking scary and terrifying when, you know, I'm seeing on the little app that she's not home yet. She's not back in her dorm. And I'm just like, where is she? I hope she's with someone that's safe or, you know, that she's with the right people and she's protected. And I I have no way of really knowing. And um, it just, that's the point. Like I've raised her to make good choices and be an adult. And now she's flying. Totally. And so I have two things that just came up. Um, One is, gosh, I just love that quote because Mm. I really do think that, you know, as our kids are in our home, like this is their training ground, right? And this Mm -hmm. is where they get to learn how to make those mistakes. And we are still there to help them through. And so like, why not loosen the leash a little bit? Right? Yeah. Like why not give them a little bit of space to do that? Definitely um, do it before they're just leaving for college. Right. Let like, them make those choices. Yes. Carefully. Totally. And and I, I know like even when things have come up, conflict or um, just such circumstances that happen that we have to deal with as parents, you know, in the moment it feels so hard. But then sometimes I I just kind of look back and I go, you know what? I'm glad that happened because I was still here to influence mm-hmm. and guide. And and even though they're, they're still like, this is your challenge. You know what I mean? Like, it's not mine. This is your challenge. You chose that or you did that. You fell off the monkey, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it was. Yeah. You fell off the monkey yeah. bars. Like, okay, so, but how do I come in now and, and teach? You know, and mm-hmm. I think I try to take that and approach. Make it a lesson. Mm-hmm. Make it a lesson. This yeah. is what you did. But these are our moments to teach, right? Mm-hmm. Ooh, and then I had a second thing that came. Oh, I know. I guess I wanted to ask you, like, what would your, or what, two, maybe two things. So what's your advice to parents who are going through this right now in terms of taking care of, so this bleeds into the second part, in terms of taking care of yourself. So how do you release some of those worries and concerns and and maybe those thoughts and feelings about like not just reaching for the phone and watching you know the the apps that help us to track oh my gosh I honestly felt like I was getting off a drug or something I had to wean myself off the app Um, and thankfully my husband made me even aware that I was using it as a coping mechanism for her not being under our roof anymore and so as helpful and awesome as that app is uh, you know, our parents didn't have that. We were in the wind. Like they didn't know where <laughs> we were. Lucky. There's a lot of jokes about we were dying in a field and yeah. they didn't know. Well, and they were lucky if we like text them or, you know, or they text us a little message and we actually picked up the phone and called them because that's how it was during our day. Page. I mean, page. <laughs> Pager. Oh my we're, gosh. We're Text oh. to the pager. 
you're right. It's a, it's a page. <laughs> but yes, you would get that like, you know, hi, or I don't know, whatever their phone yeah. number. And you'd ha- you'd have to go and pick up a phone and call them back. Like I didn't even have that. Have that? I, was, I was in the wind. I mean, it was a good time to be alive. Oh, girlfriend. yeah, right? <laughs> I, was, I was in the wind. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, um, so I mean, so I, I, and I know what you're saying, because, uh, you know, with my son driving, I feel like I'm addicted to the Life 360 app. Yeah. That's what I'm using. And it is. It's like, sometimes I just have it sitting there and I'm yeah. just... It's almost worse because yeah. you can follow their every move. And it's like, at some point, our parents just had to accept that we were individuals and that hopefully they taught us everything we needed to know and we were going to make good decisions and they had to like let us go and when we have this app it's like another way to have control and to be informed about their life and yeah i mean it's i love i love it so did i'm you glad just- i have it but it also is kind of a curse at the same time and i i totally totally understand completely so then did you just like make a little agreement with yourself? Like, I'm only going to look at this three times a day or like, mm. what did you do? Yeah, I would. Well, I'd like look at it, you know, maybe once before I would go to bed at night just to be like, okay, is she back at the dorm or is she still out? You know, and then I can't lie and say I didn't look at it again if I woke up in the middle of the night, but I got better at just kind of like allowing myself to be able to fall asleep, not knowing if she was back at the dorm or not, which was really, really hard. And I would wake up in the middle of the night and then it's gotten less and less and less. And now, you know, I'll wake up first thing in the morning and look and it's like, oh, she got in at 2.30. Oh my God. <laughs> but she's she's good. Um, and it's just been like a weaning just okay. making sure I didn't have anything really specific, um, but it was just I knew every every impulse to look at it. I would I started to deny myself that, you know. So gotcha. I would have the impulse, but I I'm not going to pick it up. I'll look at it before I go to bed, kind of thing. Okay, and, and then, then and then what about just what did you do in terms of reducing you know the anxiety or working through the anxiety or stress of you know the thoughts that might come through or you know like. Do you have any self-care tips of things I wish that I you did? did. Okay. I think for me, it was just not, well, I'm a big believer in, you know, we, our thoughts are very powerful and being aware of our thoughts. So I've, I started being aware of my thoughts probably, well, I've been working on it. I think it's a work in progress, but for the last 10 years, I've been working on being aware of my thoughts and I would recognize that when I started having those downward spiral thoughts that I needed to put a stop to it because they're not healthy. They're not actually worrying is not actually doing anything positive. It's not doing anything but causing me distress. And so um, it really was just mental strength and a decision to and years and years of working on my awareness of thoughts. So um, I'm not saying it's easy, but when you do become aware of the negative thought, telling it to stop and that it's not helpful is really what I relied on during this time. I love that. Um, and so any advice to parents? I think just, um, you know, parents who are going through this, like words of wisdom. <laughs> I think just allow, like have faith in your child, um, which in turn has faith in you because you you were a good mom or dad and you did everything that you could to, I mean, we may even feel like we didn't do everything. You can't possibly do everything, but 
um, when you have faith in your child uh, and allow them to just fully be themselves, um, you're allowing them to grow and be complete and whole adults. And that's really the ultimate goal. So I think it's important to realize that um, your role as a caregiver changes and um, there's different hats that we have to take off and put on during this whole process of being a parent from newborn to adulthood. And it's really wise to pay attention to when to take off those hats and transition into your next phase of being a parent. So it's going to look different. You allowing yourself to give up that control is crucial to them being able to thrive. Otherwise, you're just hindering them. You're stopping them from reaching their full potential. I think what I, the message I would like to send to those who have children um, who are in high school and maybe gearing up for their senior year or before, um, you know, try not to get overwhelmed. There's so much information out there. And I think the same message that you said in terms of having faith in your child, you know, it's their journey, it's their path. And I know we so want our children to succeed and be independent. Um, and I think they all have different timelines in that too, you know, like, some are ready to just 18, boom, I'm out of here. And they're so confident and you know, and they're out of the house for good. Like you don't see them anymore, right? And then there are those children who they're just not ready yet. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like really just trying to understand where your child is. And although sometimes, yes, they need a little push, I think we also need to honor them where they are. And so yeah, if, like the little bird that wasn't quite ready and right. then went back in the That's nest. Right. Hey, mm-hmm. come, come back for a minute and, mm-hmm. you know, get what you need. And then yeah. in, you know, so maybe that looks like staying home, you know, during and taking two years at junior college. Mm-hmm. Maybe that means going to a trade school first. You know, I mean, there's so many different avenues. And so I guess that's my message is, you know, let's try to just not pressure them to be what society thinks they should be. Or what be. we didn't have that yes. we want. I had to take a step back when it came to that. So, and just really allow your child to show you what they want out of life. Explore, ask questions, you know, talk to people who have maybe done it. My friend that's working with me, I love, she said something to our family where she goes, you know, this talk about college should really be like a discussion amongst the family, not like a directive of, Mm, you know, this is where what you're doing. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you're right. And as you know, and hey, part of the conversation we had with my son, you know, of course, it always starts like, well, what do you want your major to be? Or what do you think you want to do? (laughs) You know, when you grow up and he's like, I don't know. And it's like, okay, I love that answer. (laughs) How do we expect them to know? Right. And and we don't. Right. And I go, Okay. I mean, I was different because I had some decisions made up in my mind about what I wanted to do in life, but that's me, right? Mm. So I had to accept this. I don't know. Yeah, I had no idea. And I remember everybody <laughs> asking me that. And I was like, I don't fucking have a clue. I'm 18. I don't know. <laughs> yes. And so then the conversation became, you I know, still don't know. <laughs> right? I know. Still I know. just figuring it out. I want to do it all. So uh-huh. my thing was always like, I'm doing everything. So like, <laughs> yeah, I'm enrolling in that and that and that. And I'm going to do all everything. Same, same. <laughs> 
<laughs> so he, you know, part of the conversation that became like, what are you interested in? Like what piques your uh, curiosity in life? You know, like, is that's a any- great topic. That's a good conversation. So it became more of that. Yeah. And I think that's also the beauty of just going away to college. I mean, you can slap whatever major you want on there. I know it's difficult to kind of change it later, but you can. And just being exposed to so much, allowing them to, you know, kind of come up with, decide who they are and releasing like that control of, you know, uh, I know we are not like that, but there's a lot of families that are like, you need to do go this route and you're failing if you don't. And then you've got all these kids out there that are really miserable, but they're making a great income. They have a very nice car and a very nice house, but they hate their life. And it's like, I really ultimately just want my kids to find something they enjoy doing so that, you know, that that saying, you know, you find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. And that's that's ultimately the goal, right? Yeah, good point. I love that you said that you brought that up because that that is truth. That is speaking truth mm-hmm. of, you know, what is it that what are we I mean, this is a deeper conversation, but it's like, what mm-hmm. are we ultimately seeking in life? You know, mm-hmm. why? Why are we here? What's our purpose? I mean, you know, you can't answer that at 17. You can't answer that at 18 years old. I mean, you might have a pretty strong sense of who you are and like what you're doing at that time in your life. But oh my gosh, like the world opens up Mm -hmm. so much larger. Like when you are out of the four walls of your home and you get to make decisions. So yeah, I mean, again, I don't know. So I you don't want to take that away from them. Take yeah. That away. You know, that's that is part of our life exploration and finding who we are, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and so it all starts with this question like, who do you want to be? And right now, you know, and kids are like, I don't know. I do want to share one last little tidbit that might be helpful. So, you know, as I was weaning myself off of the Life 360 app, um, it would kill me. Like the first couple of weeks, she just really wasn't texting me or like texting me back or calling me. And then all of a sudden, the calls, the FaceTiming started happening and I would just drop everything and, you know, sit there and have this like one-on-one time with my girl. And so don't get discouraged if in the beginning, I think she was trying to get her bearings and I think she was very probably socially drained of just, you know, having roommates for the first time and all of that. So just don't get discouraged. If you don't hear from them in the beginning, they do come around. So and good message to end on all the way around, right? Like don't get discouraged. Don't get discouraged by any Any of of it. Whatever connection you have built with over the life, you know, time of your child it, it will stand the test of time and distance and you will have that connection. It just looks a little different, but you'll have it still. You may still cry when you get your period and it may still feel extra (laughs) in those moments, but you know what? It is what it is. And just honor that, you know, and, and yeah, just. Yeah. Honor all these phases as women and respect and appreciate them for what they are. Um, you know, to go full circle with the, you know, my horrible morning this morning with my period and, and then, you know, even the talk of college and letting my daughter go. It's like all of these experiences that we have as women, um, they are a big deal. And we should allow ourselves to have 
that time to nurture ourselves through it. And I think a lot of times there's this idea that we're just, we need to like toughen up and just get through it. And this is just the way it is. And I think it's okay to allow ourselves that time for nurturing and um, just realizing that it is, it is a big deal and it is hard, but we can do it. Can do it. That's my girl. We always do it. (laughs) That's right. Well, many blessings to you on your journey with your children, or even if you haven't even had children yet. Just I, my hope is that in hearing this, you just know that there's other women going through it and you're not alone. As always, that's our hope for our listeners. You're not alone. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked what you heard and were your girls, please share and add a review on iTunes so we can continue to grow our circle. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at That's My Girl Podcast.